Welcome to the first episode of Mindful Men Talk. I thought we could start really by having a chat about our motivations for this podcast. Now, I wrote mine down, I, I typed them up professionally. Steve, where are yours? I just thought I'd wait to see what was around for me as we speak, really. You were testing me out. Is that what was happening? Well, I just thought I'd let you lead maybe this time. Oh, yeah. I delivered my homework. And, okay, right, you did. But you delivered but, the tea, so... I, I have to deliver the tea. So we're all square, yeah, absolutely. So you go ahead. All right, I'll go ahead. So <laughs> I did make a note. Number one, why did I want to start this podcast with Steve? Was because I feel that my life experiences, observations, thoughts and feelings can hopefully be useful to others. Number two... I feel a desire to encourage other people, both men and women, to speak up and talk more. And number three is the bullshit busting (laughs) element. And we're talking about cutting through the crap and putting out some authentic, transparent conversations. The conversations that me and you have when we meet up for a cup of tea and we have a chat. So keeping it real. Keeping it real, and actually, I'm interested. You said the bullshit busting. I was going to think, does that mean that when we do get together and talk, we don't talk any BS? Maybe no, we, I don't know. Yeah, we won't we be the judges of that. Yeah, we do keep it real. Um, no, I like those. Thank, thank you for doing your homework. That's no, that's really good. But actually, as you went through those, and I mean, obviously, they're all kind of um, well, they're your your motivations. Um, but what really chimed with me and mine, if I'm, uh, I'm being serious, um, is the second one um, about encouraging people to talk more. And I think. One of the reasons I really, well, the main reason I really wanted to do the, this podcast was because through my work as a mindfulness teacher, one of the things that really strikes me is because I teach in groups is that how the power of shared human experience and that, you know, everywhere we look, it feels these days that um, whilst, you know, we feel like we're more connected than ever with all the technological advances and social media, the truth is we're actually becoming more and more disconnected. Um, and, you know, we see all the statistics around mental health problems and particularly in young people, which is quite distressing. And also um, around male suicide, which we'll talk about a bit, I'm sure, as we go through this podcast. But I really sense when I, I can really see it when people come to my mindfulness uh, courses. One of the things that I they get a lot out of and it's never really discussed, but you can feel it in the room, is there just a sh- the fact that we sit there and say, yeah, oh, you feel like that, or oh, I feel like that, you know? And it's just that sense of um, sharing and encouraging people more and more to talk, and particularly men. And that, com- that leans into my point around male suicide, um, as in something that I find more and more upsetting when you hear stories about men taking their own lives, men often who are married, have got children, and you just think my goodness, they didn't feel there was any way um, other than taking their own life that they could see themselves out of their problems. And that distresses and upsets me a lot. So the more and more, if anything that you and I can do, James, from sharing the kind of conversations we have, um, we'll encourage men in particular to talk more um, about how how they really are, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's got to be a good thing. Yeah, I, and, and I totally agree. And touching on that, what you're saying really, that how you finish that and the conversations we have, that's ultimately what we're doing. We're recording the conversations that we've been having for the past however long we've been we've known each other and for however long we've met up and for a cuppa and we just have these sort of rich, hearty, nourishing conversations. Well, that's my perception of them anyway. And I, I, and I guess that was part of my, and I think our, the, the, the draw to start this podcast in that 
simply if we could record some of these conversations and put them out there well who knows where that might reach far and wide who knows what impact that might have without any real sort of heavy expectations on it you know we're, we're kind of just having a chat we're now recording it hopefully if it comes out we'll see and and we're hoping i guess that people will tune in and, and it could be men it could be women it, who knows different ages different places around the country around the world who knows who might find this podcast so without any real expectation we're just recording a conversations having a chat in the hope that we uh we we might just be able to reach some people that maybe would benefit from hearing our conversation yeah and i think maybe even more than that for me i think if if, if in some I think a lot of what i've had i've learned from my experience and what i've observed is so many of our problems come from what we disallow in ourselves you know we don't allow ourselves often to be human you know and if if by hearing this kind of conversation the kind of conversations that you and i have give somebody just one person even uh, their own permission to open up a little bit more and be a little bit honest with themselves with others and that's got to be a good thing because you know again you know we, we 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 go through life often not not allowing ourselves to be truthful, you know, with how we feel, you know, and uh, something that we talked about when we were thinking about this podcast and what to call it. We talk about the mask. We talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, to get through life, you know, you do, you know, you go to work, you do have to kind of put on, have a persona. You do, you know, we have to work professionally and that in itself is, is a mask of sorts. And we wear a, a variety of masks. The difficulty and the problem comes when we don't realise when we are wearing a mask and that it's okay to lift that mask off um, and actually just, you know, explore what's underneath and, and just allow that to be seen as well. Um, and so often we just don't do that. We, we're scared to, we're terrified, but but we all have it. When you actually, that's why I'm talking about with people on my mindfulness course, what's interesting is when one person dares to just, you know, take that, well, people tend to, over the course of the eight weeks that I teach, they tend to take their masks off more or less. Everybody, at the end of the eight weeks, no one's got a mask on. Everyone's very comfortable with sharing and 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 that's really what I would love to be able to just just offer whoever listens to this podcast because you know when we, you and I talk James we're we're very open with each other we have no qualms I don't there's an, I don't feel any um, anxiety about sharing stuff with you at all um, you know and there's no judgment no no there's no judgment and and, and that, <laughs> that's a big part yeah. as well and just touching on the what you said about the mask lifting the mask because we were thinking of different names we could call this podcast before we settled on mindful mentor we we spoke about lifting the mask lifting the lid you know uncovering layers it was all a similar theme wasn't it yeah this facade taking it away what's going on underneath within same same philosophy feeds into the same type of ecosystem same mindset um and i i see i did my homework (laughs) i um there's a really there's a there's a philosopher, a British philosopher that I really like called Alan Watts. He 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 his message is um, he touches on really deep subjects. He, he passed away many years ago. I just like the way he interprets Eastern philosophy for a Western audience because I think there's some really important principles in 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 the East that we can learn from, and he translates that really well. And he's a really fascinating guy. Check him out on YouTube. Um, it, it get it can get a bit deep so you, you know you, and he, but he's just got a way of a really great way of talking and putting these ideas across but I'm a fan of him and just I'm going to read a passage and we can talk about it and how and maybe how things entwine and how I think perhaps people 
do put this mask on in the society that we live in, which I don't think makes life particularly easy for us when we're trying to be curious and aware and all these other things. So Alan Watts, one, one, one passage from, from one of his books um, goes as, as follows. Behind the scene, under the surface of reality, you are all actors, marvellously skilled at playing parts in getting lost in the mazes of your own minds and the entanglements of your own affairs, as if this were the most urgent thing going on. But behind the scenes, in the green room, in the very back of your mind and the very depth of your soul, you always have a sneaking suspicion that you might not be the you that you think you are. That's, you know, there's a lot going on there. Listen back to it, read it. It's, it takes a bit of time to digest and get your head around, but I just want to throw it out there because I'm a fan of him and, and I'm a fan of that. But ultimately, I think what he's saying is that we all tend to play a role and as, you know, as we need to in various ways in society, we live in to conform to society because that's what we, we do in many ways. But, we, but the point is we put this mask on, we play this role and, and there's this element of it being a bit of a facade and it's a deceptive outward appearance. And whilst it's necessary in many ways, I think it's important for us to be aware of, of when we are, we're playing these roles and, and be aware of what's going on and, and at least um, understand when, we, when we're in a certain situation with a certain group of people, what's going on. And the fact that society does encourage us to play these characters, right? We are geared up to be a certain character at home, at work, with family, with friends, and therefore, it's very easy to put up barriers and hold on to things and create these narratives in our head and stories that really can prevent us from reconnecting or at least joining the dots and, and just and making sense of it all. Um, so it all feeds into the same thing. And I think that can also impact on us as individuals and therefore we can struggle to talk and be open and communicate our feelings and thoughts effectively. So it's just something to consider. You know, the fact that, yeah, we, behind the, there's an element, I like it, behind the scenes, under reality. There's just something going on, bubbling, that we perhaps we tend to pacify, block out or, or ignore. And can we be more aware and can we be curious? Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> no, there's a lot there. But actually, what he's really talking about, when I hear, hear you say, you know, read his words, Alan's words there, it's, you know, it's it's around. Sometimes that's because not sometimes. It's often because you know we have in order to survive in the world, we create this persona, which you might call the false selves, at the expense of who we really are. That's really, I think, what 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 I hear when you say that. And again, I can identify with that because you know when you know I spent twenty years in the corporate world, and ultimately I left not because I didn't like where I was working, I didn't like the people, but I just it was just this feeling in, in, in you know inside me that. It was unfulfilled. It felt like I, you know, I was I was being very good in following a script that somebody else had given me. That I was very good at that mask, that persona, but that didn't really fill me. And, and actually, as you just said about being curious, that's what started my journey of sort of curiosity and and really, you know, figuring out, you know, who is this authentic self and and, and actually marrying the two because you know we do have to survive. We still have to get up in the morning. We have to earn a living, and we have to sort of play these roles. But it's sometimes at the expense of you know, our our, our our true selves, our authentic selves. And, you know, we don't even know why we're doing it, but there are symptoms to suggest that something's out of whack. You know, there are symptoms around our behaviour which we can easily choose to ignore, we can kind of normalise. And, and I think you and I have often talked about that, Joe, you know, in terms of we've seen that in ourselves and in others, you know. Um, uh, and again, it's not this is not about judging because we all do it. 
you know, to a greater or lesser extent, we, we, we all do it because, you know, life is tough. But in, in the end, when some of these behaviours get a little bit extreme, what I'm talking about is the kind of, if you like, addictive behaviours, whether that be, you know, drinking a little bit too much or over-exercising, overeating, eating stuff that we know is not good for us. Um, so, you know. Well, to touch on that, I mean, we're both a fan of a physician called Gabor Mate. Um, I would advise you to look him up on YouTube or read some of his books. But he's he coins us the, 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 the term of, of, of not why the addiction, but why the pain. And there's this element of self-soothing that we're trying to do in some of those um, outlets that you said, it could be alcohol, it could be exercise, it could be the phone, it could be, a, I mean, shopping, it could be anything, couldn't it? There's a whole list of things that we maybe don't recognise as addictions, but ultimately they are because, I mean, he'll define it much better than me, but uh, his definition's far more sort of accurate. But ultimately what, what he would, what his message is that, you know, if we, if we are attaching ourselves to something and we can recognise it's probably not doing us much good, but yet we still come back to it constantly. We, we struggle to give it up. That is essentially an addiction, right? We and if we can even recognise it, because yeah, that's a whole other story, right? That becomes down to awareness, and 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 that is perhaps lacking in our society to a degree. So yeah, I do think that um, it's very easy to get caught up in in these pacifiers and these distractions, and you know, we sometimes we're so these patterns are so ingrained and it's so strong that we probably we don't even look I'm a pretty self-aware guy whatever that means and I sometimes have to catch myself on my phone flicking through and just thinking hold on I just checked this a minute or two ago there's nothing's happened in that time what am I on this for and then it comes back to sort of almost reverse engineering it for me at least and thinking I work back from that sometimes and I think then I've identified that pattern can I take, which is an interesting way of looking at it, can I take steps back and, and, and get to more the root of, of why I picked up the phone as opposed to just thinking that I just need to look at my phone? It's completely different. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is uh, well, Gabor's really interesting because Gabor is very bold in saying we're all addicted, actually. We're just on a, we're just on a spectrum. And again, we don't need to get into all of Gabor's work. He, you know, it stands alone and we don't, but actually it really chimes with me. And, and I love that, you know, what is the pain? Because behind it, there is there is a story that drives, and, it, and it's most extreme. I mean, he's done a lot of work with drug addicts, but actually, Jeremy, you just talked about your own kind of, you know, we have, we're triggered and then we, we behave in a slightly addictive way. And, and our smartphones, I can identify with that. And I'm sure a lot of people can because there are moments where there are things that happen. And, and, and actually, you know, as you said, it's being curious about, well, why did I? Can I interrupt that reactivity, that automatic reactivity, which is <clears throat> where, you know, the work that I do in mindfulness comes in? Because what mindfulness is about is can we start to notice, create awareness of when we do get into automatic reactivity and then start to be curious um, about what's driving, what is the trigger, what's actually going on for us that means that we need, we feel that we need to, I don't know, reach for the phone, have a glass of wine, um, I don't know, binge watch box sets, shop, <laughs> all of these, all of these things. Which and again, and what's really interesting, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent because someone just, mm. just popped into my head, but around alcohol in particular, how we normalise that. My yeah. goodness me, and how dangerous that is! That mm. you know, we think it's it's fun just to go. Oh yeah, I did it, and I was completely trashed, and ha ha ha. And, and interesting, you think, and we you, don't do that. We, I'm just again, this is not about judging no. that behavior because it's, it's again, an observation, but, it, isn't but it? it's again, it's that because I, you know, but you actually say to yourself, 
well, hold on a minute. Why Why do I? And you hear people say, oh, I just need to have a drink, say, or whatever to take the edge off. But the key question there is what the edge off what? Do we even well, know? And you know the story, <coughs> I've told you this story about how, you know, I don't really drink, you know, I, I'm not against drink. I just, it's just not really for me. Every once in a blue moon, I'll have a drink if I fancy it, but it's just as simple as that, really. I, you know, I don't feel drawn to have a drink. But, you know, if I'm being a personal trainer as well, there's stigma attached to things, right? And if I'm at a function or I'm out or I'm with a group of friends or whatever, they'll often, it, it happens, it's, you know, it's happened many times that if I'm in that group setting and, you know, someone says, do you want a drink? And I'll say, yeah, you know, I'll have a glass of water. It, you know, I'll, that's it. They're going in for me. You know, it's like, water? What do you mean you have a glass of water? Have a drink. What is a drink? What do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. But their mentality is, no, we're having a drink of alcohol, a glass of alcohol. You join us in that. But for me, you know, I'm quite happy to have a glass of water. And there'll be people listening to me, oh, he's bloody boring. But, you know, perhaps we label people, we label these sort of, um, you know, these actions and, you know, I'm happy to have a glass of water. But the funny thing is, there's almost like a stage in the middle where if I say no to alcohol, they'll say, well, at least have a, at least have a Coke. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like there's this stage in the middle where it's like water, boring, middle, you know, Coke, you're acceptable, you're having a fizzy drink, you're sort of, you know, you've got a bit about you and then have a drink, you're top of the pile. So it's this hierarchy of sort of well, excitement, I don't know. Top of a pile as a, as a man and particularly, yeah. dare I say, a straight man, you know, it's, it's assumed that you will drink copious amounts of beer and if you don't, there's something wrong, which, you know, itself. but what's really interesting in terms of what that story you've just told, because we were talking a little bit about addiction and you've talked about that um, in terms of your experience of, um, yeah, just slightly sort of um, tangential, but actually it's relevant because what you're describing as well there is about permission. Again, you give yourself permission to say James wants to drink a glass of water and I'm going to express that. And it's interesting because the reactions of other people has nothing to do with what you want. Because if you want to drink a glass of water, you want to drink a glass of water, what difference does it make to anybody else? And that's, again, when we think about why we're doing this podcast, it's just, just lifting the lid on that. And I think particularly for men, they're so conditioned. If I go out with my mates, I have to drink beer because that's what men drink. Yeah, and I've done it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I used to drink. Have you? Oh, well, you know, once or <laughs> twice a while. But, you know, and I, and I still can get caught up in that. And, and, some, and listen, there's nothing wrong with having a drink, going on your phone, watching Game of Thrones, you know, whatever it might be for you. We're, neither of us, I think we can be clear on that. We're not saying there's anything wrong with those things. It's the intention behind it. And it's, it's the effect and feeling it's having on you as well. And I think, you know, we, we need to recognise that because it's really not about labelling good or bad. And it's important to make that, that, that point because we, you know, I'm sure you like the odd glass of wine here or there. I like, you know, chocolate. I've got sweet tooth chocolate's my thing. You know, I get caught up on my phone a bit. But there's a, there's a difference. And if we're honest with ourselves and we're aware and we're curious and we, we, we sort of, we're open to to our actions and what what's going on we can identify i believe if you know with our true self when we're using these things as a pacifier or when we're using them in a, an addictive way if we can really it's not easy i'm not saying any of this is easy if you enable yourself to step back for a moment and have that awareness to just identify when you're reaching for that bar of chocolate or that third glass of wine on a Tuesday evening because you've had a stressful day at work or whatever it might be. But I think part a big part of this and what we always talk about 
in, in life in general is awareness. The word that keeps coming up so often, for me at least, one of them is curiosity, being curious, but one, the big one is awareness. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is, and it really is, but just to, just to go back a little bit, because I think it's really important something that you've just said, which is we reach for these things. It's not, this is not about, you know, the, the purpose of these conversations is, uh, the conversation we have, it's not about that we have a rule book that everyone should follow. This is not what this is about. It's not wrong to do any of those things. But as you just said, how often what's really going on and being curious about that through awareness because we're trying to soothe ourselves. So what the key thing is then is what's really, really helpful and important, which is where mindfulness is helpful, which is really what mindfulness is all about, is developing the skills to self-soothe. So that so that moment you're triggered and you reach for that, you go to reach for the bar of chocolate, you stop. Because if it's on an automatic pilot and you're just going it and, and you said pacify is a great word you've just used. And, and so it's can you actually stop before maybe put the chocolate down and come and just really sit with yourself and about what's really going on for you and actually what actually needs attention in that moment. And to use the skills which, you know, mindfulness is a great way of being able to learn those skills to be able to soothe through the different sort of um, techniques that we use just to really notice and maybe be able to label you may be feeling stressed, you might be feeling angry, you might be whatever it is and just be with that and allow it to be there. And then when you come out of that, after you've paused, just notice, actually, the chocolate bar is still sitting there. You may still want to have a bar, of, uh, you may still want to have a chunk of chocolate, but you're coming from a very different place. And that is a big misconception around you know, what's going on with all of these things. It's not that it's wrong. So we're not creating a rule book that says, you must never watch a box set. You must no. never drink wine. You must, that's not about, this is about the fact that when we're starting to notice, and I love using that word trigger. We all have triggers. Used it in relation to the mobile phone, you know, and usually and what Gabor says is about what's the pain. In that moment, when you're reaching for something in that kind of slightly compulsive way, there is pain. There is pain for but all of us. That is bloody hard. I mean, <laughs> I can yeah. relate to that, like, I definitely gravitate towards sugar, chocolate. That's my vice. That's the thing that if I'm feeling uncomfortable or there's feelings coming up within me, then I will. That that's what I'll reach to. So everyone's, you know, it's different. Everyone's different. So I'm by no means excluded just because it's not alcohol for me. There's other things, but but I know it's so hard that pull, that drive to go and have and you and almost you. Sometimes it's interesting because you can. I actually find I am aware of it, but I can. It's still hard to stop, and that shows. Well, it shows that these things are so ingrained in us. These patterns. Yeah. These, it's not. You know, I just want to make the point. That it's so, it's not easy. Like, yeah, I know we're talking about it and we're, we're sharing our experiences, but we're not. We're not saying it's easy. It really isn't. It's not easy because people often. I found this of exercise. You know, I can relate to this sort of thing because I'm a personal trainer. But people go, yeah, James, but changing my habits, changing my food. You know, I get all what you're saying, but it's just not easy. And I understand that. I think it's important that we recognise it's not easy. But we don't get too caught up in that because, yes, once we recognise the fact that this is not easy, none of the stuff we're saying is easy because this is the nature of it, right? We gravitate towards the things that are generally easier. The things that are more challenging or we don't feel comfortable with, we tend to avoid. That's the nature of human beings as well. So once we recognise that, I think it's almost important to recognise it. Don't block it out. Recognise it's not easy. Almost put it to the side and then you, you can begin the work because... I think there's so much to be said for acknowledging that life is just really challenging. Whereas society's challenging, the world we live in is challenging. There's so much going on. There's so much noise. There's so much stuff being thrown at us day to day. It's overwhelming. I sometimes I find overwhelmed by it all. I'm thinking about bloody paying a tax bill, and then I'm thinking about 
food and eating a bit healthier and then I'm thinking about oh I've had my exercise oh and I'd like to do a bit of yoga oh and then I've got a meet you know it's just just it's just noise isn't it so I just want to just make the point of acknowledging that it's really not easy and give yourself some credit for where you're at, at the moment what you're doing because you know you certainly that if you're your harshest critic which most people are and you're giving yourself a hard time it's only going to make you feel worse ultimately about yourself. It's nothing good is going to come of beating yourself with a stick and just being harsh and, and telling yourself that you're not good enough or, you know, this is not right or it's not how it should be. It's just very forceful, that sort of mindset. And we, I think it's important to recognise that. Yeah, it's important. I think, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the really important thing is, is that it's not that it's just not easy. I think the fact is that we... I know, you know, you should say when you've got those triggers, I'm a great believer that to, you know, those triggers will always be there, right? I just think we all have our own set of triggers. We've all been brought up. We've all been subject to certain ways of being brought up and all the rest of it. Well, what we can change is how we react on and actually respond when those triggers and that we can get skillful, but that doesn't mean we're not going to, it's not like suddenly we can just wake up with a, with a magic wand and suddenly that's going to stop. And we have to be really, you know, when I teach mindfulness, a lot of things that I'm, one of the things I've learned to do for myself, what you realise is how hard we are on ourselves, you know, just generally. And that's half the problem. We're so hard on ourselves. And actually, you know, just say, okay, so if you notice, so, so maybe you do, you you know, you half a bottle of wine down or whatever it is, or you've eaten the whole bar of chocolate and then you think, oh, I've, you've done it after, well, maybe that's a different place to where, where you were maybe a week ago. So yeah, none of this is, what we, what again, my motivation for doing this is just to do this podcast is just to share that actually, you know, it is tough these days. It's tough to be human. And that's why I think we are struggling with mental health and, but we need to talk about it and also not just talk about the fact that we struggle, but also just talk about what our experience is, what my experience is in terms of what's helped me. Um, because, you know, I still, as you say, you know, I still reach for my phone. I still do all these things. When, but I have more skills now. I have more uh, opportunity to interrupt it. It doesn't mean it's ever going to stop, but there's more... There's probably more times when I'm able to get myself out of it. I mean, a good example for me is maybe when I'm watching TV, people say, oh, you know, TV's terrible, terrible, terrible. But in fact, well, no, it's not in itself. But how often when you sit down to watch, how often are you actually sitting and actually watching the TV programme? You know, so when I sit and watch TV, I want to sit down. I don't have. I try and make sure there's no devices around me. Well, this is it. Yeah, you can be. You, you know, can, so it, two screens can be you know in front of you, can't at the same time, and then you, you know you. How can you possibly be in that moment and enjoying that moment of? Yeah, you're right. It's very easy again just to be in doing mode where we're just just being pulled from one place to another. I mean, I I watch people on on social media, on Instagram. I watch them and they're just scrolling. Scroll then. They're just scrolling. It's just it's just mindless scrolling. There's there's no awareness there. There's no, they're not taking that in. It's impossible to take that in. And as like you're saying, when you've got a screen in front of you and another screen, you're getting lost in the noise. And actually, you're right. TV and any of these things can be really not like really hearty, nourishing. Can be really um, fulfilling, actually, and or just but, entertaining. Or entertaining. Yeah, on that level, you could just sit down and enjoy something. But but you but you have to be present. Yeah, well, well, I think the thing you're just noticing again when it's, it's it's not. I mean, yes, absolutely. And the reason that's important is because so often we are using something else to, to to try and soothe. It comes back to your pacifying point. And I think again, the point for me that, that that's really important here is that you you know we used the word earlier because it's the word that Gabor uses, and I think this is really brings us full circle again in terms of why we're doing this podcast. There is a lot of pain out there. 
there is a lot of pain. A lot of us are in pain, but in a way that we don't even know how to deal with other than in, in sort of Western medicine, certainly in this country, if we feel any discomfort, you know, there's, you know, we're medicated or we go along. And again, I, I personally, and I don't want to get into this too much, I, I get very concerned about labelling around mental health because, you know, it's almost that, um, you know, if we get a label on it, we can treat it as, but actually the, the, that it could treat it as a disease. It's the same. And, and actually I know, and the people do struggle, but I think underneath it, we're not careful. We lose that motivation to be curious that actually maybe there is something going on that we maybe can just relook at in a different way. And I hope one of the, my motivations to sort of have these kind of conversations, you know, you and I talk about things in a slightly different way that we don't always hear many other people talking about. We've talked about that, you know, who else talks about these? I mean, there are people out there, but it doesn't, the main, feels like we're fighting. We've talked about a lot, James, haven't you, about, well, I mean, I'll let you speak about it, but, you know, just where you feel like everybody else is talking a certain way and yet you feel, yeah, am I, am I a bit abnormal here? But in fact... I think it's, you know, these things are going to slowly, slowly change because in my experience, and I feel really, really strongly about this, that the awareness that you talk about, the curiosity, is the only way forward. And when you speak to hear people like Gabor Mata, he really reinforces that in a really powerful way that I really, really, um, it really chimes with me because I think there's far too much emphasis on symptom relief rather than maybe... The symptoms in your body, and that's something we can talk about. We may have in a separate podcast because we, you know, we're passionate about that in terms of, you know, your work with um, uh, as a PT and my work with mindfulness, where things come really well together. Is you know, we, we just we're just not thinking about actually what is it telling us. Yeah, and and touching on the point that you made about my experience of of yeah the conversations I have with you and and feeling i guess it is a degree alienated or at least you're definitely going against the grain you know these conversations that you tend to have day to day or i have often can be quite superficial on a level where you know we're talking about the weather how are you, you know how are you feeling yeah i'm good did you have a good weekend yeah good Did you yeah it was good you know it, there's nothing really there's no it's just very much like let's just skip over it but there's a lot more going on than that, surely. You know, is that the best we can talk about? It's not. It's just we, we're, we're sort of conditioned to act in that way. Or we've conditioned ourselves. You know, that's what we've got used to. And you, I definitely, I definitely feel that, you know, these rich sort of uh, conversations with real, you know, with, with some value and meaning need to be had because you, and it's not easy. Like I'm talking this like with you right now, but I still, have, you know, I still struggle to have those conversations because it does take two to tango as well. So you're, there's a degree of relying on the other person to try and engage in that conversation. But as you've said before, you you know, and we, we've said many times, it's important not to get distracted or, or caught up in what other people are doing. You can only focus on yourself. And and you've made this point of, you know, how, like playing around with the fact that you could just change the, the trajectory of a conversation. So you could say, well, you know, how are you feeling? Someone says, how are you feeling? And normally you go, yeah, I'm all right. Do you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was all right. You could change the flow of that. You you can decide to say, you know what? No, not really. Um, I've been getting, uh, it could be anything that's on your mind, anything, but it could be, oh, I've got this pain. I don't feel, I just don't feel good about it lately. I, I'm just a bit worried about it. It could be any, but you're just opening up a different conversation. Who knows how that person might respond? But often, a lot of the time, that person will, it's almost like you're giving them permission then to then, to then give you some like some 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 of so their thoughts and feelings, 
and then, and you've got this exchange of conversation which is much richer and it feels more transparent more authentic and that's amazing but you have the power to do that and um i've, I've said i've had this discussion with people before about sort of just being around someone and changing the trajectory of something and saying well it can be it can be about just just channeling it into how you feel or how they feel or just i don't know in any of these aspects just opening up a bit of conversation about how you feel what's going on for you don't have to get too deep about it but just i think it's a good place to play around like you've said well, I think, I think it's even more fundamental than that because I think actually it's about what we're talking about here. And again, it comes back to um, your, your quote at the beginning and just what we've been talking about with, with Gabor and all the rest of it. It's about, you know, vulnerability. You know, it's about the more you can learn to be comfortable with allowing your own vulnerability within yourself, you find it much easier to share with other people. And the moment that you do that, you know, you sh- you're inviting vulnerability. And at that point, that's when we really connect with other people. And that's what I feel, again, to come back to the motivation for doing this podcast, is we need to connect more and more. We're in a society where we feel like we're more connected. We're more disconnected than we've ever been. You know, we keep coming back to that point. And I hope this is a, this is a platform to just hear two of us connecting in a way that people may not have done before or, or find very difficult. Because it is difficult. Because you know, we don't, we're scared of showing our vulnerability, but being human is being vulnerable. And I think men in particular really, really struggle with that because there's this narrative that being a man means that you can't um, feel certain emotions. And I'm not going to get into all of those because I, I get really frustrated when I hear people saying about, you know, men not crying and all it's, it's kind of, that's kind of a bit of a red herring. What it really means is that what we're saying is, there's a pick list that men can only feel certain emotions and, and, and the ones that actually make them make you feel most vulnerable are ones that men aren't allowed. Well, so where do you go to when you do feel those? So inviting vulnerability, allowing vulnerability in yourself and getting more comfortable with that. And that is hard, as you've said, when you've had, you know, a whole lifetime of, uh, of disallowing, then that gets really, really, really difficult. But in the end, you know, what what else is there really and, and actually when the moment you do and that's what i would just really invite you know you just said it's a great thing that you've just said james which is you know you can change the trajectory simply by and again you have to sort of labor it but actually you know just as a first step after listening to this maybe is just to you know when someone's and if you're not feeling okay maybe just maybe just try it out just say to somebody just oh i'm not you don't have to use a big words or whatever just say i'm feeling a bit off today you know, just not, I just don't feel the, the ticket or I just feel or whatever, being a bit more emotionally honest with the other person and just see what happens. And my experience is often when you do that, people feel, you use the word permission, they feel that, okay, well, they've shared more vulnerability, I'm going to share. And I know that has certainly been my experience. And I think, you know, the more we do that, the better it is. And, and it's got to be good because you're going to, you know, be able to connect more easily with other people and we all need it. But you have to first come back to yourself because if there's all this disallowing within you, then, you know, it's going to get harder and harder. So, you know, as you said earlier, it's, none of this is easy, but, you know, it's a good starting point. And men in particular, as, as you've said, find, you know, there's this, this narrative around it, there's a stigma because, you know, speaking of my experience, for sure, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a household where we, where we openly talked about things. There's very much kind of, you know, for various reasons, you know, just get on with it, and then and you don't. It wasn't so open in in, in conversations in a, in a lot of different aspects, and I so I can relate to that. And it is difficult. I think not. It's difficult for everyone, right? But being a man, I can relate to that side of it. The fact that you sometimes feel as a bloke that you've got to just have all the answers. You've got to deal with everything. 
you've got to take care of business, you know, and, and why am I going to reach out to someone else? Or even if, if you're, if you're, if we're talking about, you know, exploring therapy or other, or other, um, avenues, a lot of guys, and I have felt this before, feel like, no, you know, I've got the, I don't, who, what are they going to tell me? I, I don't need to speak to them. I know I have the answers. I know what I need to do. You can't help me. You know, it's, it's that, it's that mentality of, I, I, I have to deal with it. I have to be the guy. And if I can't do it, Ultimately, I guess, do you feel like that's a sign of weakness or there's, a set, there's an amount of fear there or you're not being a man because you can't deal with the stuff that's going on in your, you know, your mind or your body or both? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that in itself is really interesting. That's where there's the block, isn't there, sometimes? Because I think, you know, what's interesting to me is the fact that um, when you think about it, the way that we are has come from the relationships that we've had with parents and whoever, you know, have influenced in our lives. So the patterns that we've got, and it's the thing that Ruby often says, Ruby Wax, you know, she says, you know, we're only as good as the USB stick that our parents or primary caregivers have put into us at a young age. So we've got patterns of behaviour. They have been established through relationships. So when you think about it, when you, the trouble is there's so much stigma about going to see a psychotherapist or a counsellor, but in, rela- in, re- in reality, what they're helping you do is where you've got patterns of behavior which are causing you problems through relationship because that's what you're doing with a counselor you're sitting with another person who's helping you deconstruct some of that and then if you like put you on a different path so it's just another it's another but you're doing it yourself they're actually not doing it for you and actually you kind of think that makes sense if i'm struggling with my you know physical health i go and see a personal trainer well why would you not want to engage or whatever that's just one route but i think the point about it is as you said it's about the particularly men allowing themselves to reach out and show the vulnerability that I don't have all the answers. Well, why would you believe well have all the answers? However, none of us do. Mm. What does that mean anyway? Well, and, 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 as, and, and back to your point about finding a therapist or someone to talk to, often, yeah, it'll be non-judgmental and they'll help, help you navigate through all this noise and this confusion and this maybe, you know, and, and empower you with the tools and skills and, and that's what we're talking about here there's one you started off by saying you know it's a, you touched on skills and you were talking about being you know it takes time to learn these new skills and empower yourself this isn't a quick fix it's not like oh yeah like the sound of what we're talking about go on to our website 999 you know your bio program you sorted it out in 10 weeks you're happy you're healthy it's not about that it's it's, it's not an end point it's just a it's just you're navigating your way through um, through things that are coming up in your life, and you, uh, you've got a good quote, haven't you, about the uh, um, surfing and the, oh, you know, the waves? Go yeah, through. <laughs> you know what? It's it's the one that I I find that it sums up brilliantly the work that I do in mindfulness. But it is a, it is a great expression for life, which is you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Um, which because really, what what I really find is that most of us feel that you know we struggle, we push, we're spending all our time thinking that we, if we only did this, we only did whatever. If I only had the best job, if I had the best relationship, either the waves that causes problems would stop. But actually, it's the opposite. What we're actually saying is the waves are never going to stop. But what we can do is become skillful surfers. So you know that is the point, and it's a question of well. Even that in itself, I just whenever I say that, I feel I feel a sense of relief in my body when I even say that because you think oh, I can let go of that struggle. You know, if I just accept that the waves are going to come because they are, and now it's just I mean, unfortunately, we're in a society where you just look at magazines no, and social media, and all you see is sunny faces and blue sky. Uh, if you're not careful, and you can really get down on yourself thinking that everyone's having this per- perpetually happy, you know, persona, happy life, and all the rest of it. 
it's absolute rubbish. I mean, you know, it's, it's part of life that you feel the full range of emotions. And that's why often when, when people come on to teach mindfulness, I teach mindfulness, I think they think I'm going to teach them how finally to stop the waves. Whereas actually I am a surf teacher and what I'm doing is, is really walking alongside people as they figure out themselves that what we're trying to do is, as human beings, allow ourselves to feel the full range of emotions. And that's where men in particular struggle because they've got some entrenched views that it's not okay to feel certain things. And I know that was certainly my experience as well. Well, you always see the best bits, don't you? You, you'll, you know, as you said about social media, you're always going to see the showreel. You're always going to see... Oh. The, you know, the new car or the new pair of shoes or the going on the holiday. You, no one's going to show you the, the depths of their struggles and what's going on if you lift the lid. So, again, it's awareness, just recognising that, you know, that's fine. Use social media by all means, but just be aware of this stuff. That, you know, of course, you, you, it's not possible to look at someone's life through the lens of, of social media and, and go, yeah, they've got it sorted they've got this they've been had this relationship it's, it's great it's perfect they've got this new car a new job it's nonsense complete nonsense to, to 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 put yourself through that because actually it's not accurate it's not an accurate picture of their lives you know we cannot we if we all step back and, and are honest with ourselves and transparent we know that the stuff we put on social media is again we, we want to show stuff off we are showing off that's that's the nature of it we are showing off what we're doing to other people now, there's nothing wrong with that in itself but as long as we can recognise that and some of it, you know, it's fine. We want to show our trips we've gone on. We want to show something we've got. We want to share that. That's great. But just recognise when you're when you're flicking through all that stuff, it's impossible to know what's going on in someone's life. You know, and the struggles are universal and nobody is exempt from it. It doesn't matter who you... There'll be people who go, oh yeah, but he's a celebrity, him or her. I'm not buying into any of that. Everybody has their own struggles You'll never hear about most of them, but it is going on. And and coming back to why we started this podcast, again, it's about lifting the lid on some of the stuff and 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 just sharing some of our some of our struggles and and some of our experiences and thoughts and feelings, and just I guess um, just highlighting that you know as you said, like you're you're surfing these waves. They're going to come. They're going to come. There's more of them on their way. And do you have the tools and skills? to navigate your way through and if not well maybe perhaps it's, it's time to be curious and and perhaps there's someone out there well there is there's all there always is that can help you yeah i mean and that could be as simple as just talking to a friend actually just saying and just you know actually i'm not feeling okay and um and and and, and just allow yourself to, to that's a very i say i think you can feel a bit overwhelming when you have these hear these conversations from depending on where you're at and all the rest the rest of it but you know um yeah, I just think I, I, the only thing I say about social media though is that I, obviously social media because it can have a great because I mean I've been on I'm on certain discussion. Oh, groups. you're always on. Yeah, no, <laughs> no but I'm, I'm on certain. No, but this is where it can be helpful discussion groups around the sort of things that you and I are talking about right now. And what's incredibly helpful is where the people where people share their vulnerability. The the input that they get from people is just off the scale in terms of amazing um, sharing people really opening up and it shows that it's possible but you know once somebody shares their vulnerability then it's almost like there's a there's a permission there's a there's a like a box that's opened that people mean i've shared some really vulnerable and people react and i as i say just coming back to well what can i do even after listening to this this podcast well 
maybe those moments when you find yourself reactively going to just instinctively going to say, yeah, I'm fine. If you're not, and choose your moment. I mean, of course, if it's your boss at work, you don't want to <laughs> say, so, you know, but just have a little play with it and just see how that fits with you. Can you allow yourself to not be okay when you're not okay, you know? And that's... And as you said, to be human, actually allow to yourself human. to be human. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, when... That's the thing. I mean, I, I, particularly for men, when I hear of these people that have committed suicide and I just think the amount of disallowing that must have got something to that point is overwhelmingly sad and just tragic and, and, and in my mind just, just could have been avoided. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the specifics of people's stories, but I just think there's this theme that we don't allow ourselves to be human and men in particular because, you know, the fact that somebody can get on your back about having a glass of water is just... <laughs> it, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But we yeah. know... And you're not the only... Uh, chap that, that that said this. I mean, I know there's other people that. I mean, I had a, um, some, a friend of mine that said the other day that um, someone was trying to get him to drink some beer, and he said, "Well, I don't like the taste." And this friend of his said, "Well, neither do I." <laughs> yes, it's fascinating. You, really. Yeah, and you think, well, yeah, what's going but then on? But then you think, yeah, what's really going on? So yeah. it's really just start to loosen up this thing because at the end of the day, we are all the same. But the key thing is, can we just allow ourselves just to? to share some of this that's why I want to do this sort of just to show that you and I spend this time sharing and you know you and I are very different and if you put it down on paper you know would you put these two people in a in a room together but the thing that connects us is the fact that we are curious actually and we share our curiosity and we share you know um, and it's really helpful and it is good to know because I think the more that you know we share that more people feel more permission to speak like this. so we don't <laughs> Actually, this is all completely selfish, James, if you think about it, because we just want to not feel so bad. We don't want to feel yeah, so, that we're so it's weird. It's a good way of doing it, Yeah, yeah, it, well, I know, I think so. But, but no, but I think the truth is, we, I, I've seen it so many times. People, people welcome um, the opportunity to, to, to share their vulnerability, actually. And I, you know, I really think that's, that's true. Well, hopefully this is a platform where we can certainly do that and encourage others to at least listen. I think that's a... You know, we often talk about baby steps, don't we? You know, starting small. I mean, and I do, you know, you do it oh, with mindfulness. I do it absolutely. with fitness and health. You know, do not underestimate the power of the smallest step. It's just you're taking one step. So for me, even just people listening to absolutely. this, that is a step. That's absolutely. An, because you're curious. You're not, absolutely. you know, with all of the content, information, noise in the world today, if you're listening to this right now, then you credit to you because you've navigated your way through it and you and there's some sort of there's a seed of curiosity there's some some there's something in you that's just just uh, you know it might be small but you're aware there's an awareness oh something there. I, I think that is such an important point so often when people come to my mindfulness sessions whether it be an introductory session or the course itself I actually say to them at some point during the session certainly if it's an introductory session to, to, to give themselves a pat on the back for actually getting into the room you know because that takes a lot of courage you know and because it's kind of you know you'll do that is that's self-care right there you know you're doing something for yourself um and by being there you know that is a step you know and and, and that is and sometimes people look at me like they're mad but actually that is that's a big thing and as you say today to even actually to, to listen to this podcast is is a step you know and and who knows but there is that is a there's a seed of curiosity there that's brought you to this place well that is and you should again Give yourself some credit for that because again we're also we're so hard on ourselves and oh I need to have this sorted and I shouldn't be looking into this I should know how to do well you know the point that we're doing this podcast is just is to demonstrate that that isn't the case and that you know none of us have the answers and it's okay you know absolutely and that open-minded approach is so important you know you're you're opening yourself your mind your body and your and your being to to new possibilities and, and new skills and tools and people new people. 
And as you said, you know, yeah, me and you, Chan, we're very different in many ways. But if you boil it down, we're both human beings, aren't we? <laughs> you know, why do we get so caught up in the rest of it? It doesn't really make any difference. But yet we're, you know, uh, the, the relationships we have are often governed by a lot of these things. And we are, we're, we, we, we're, we're labelling ourselves, we're being labelled, putting in boxes. And, and that, that whole thing can just get sort of... Um, totally out of hand and we can just lose focus on the fact that the simplicity that we're human beings there is already a connection there you just sometimes it's about re-establishing it and connecting the dots yeah i think so well absolutely and i think it's um i think i was going to say something even say not even more fundamental but i think as you were talking then i was thinking when people sometimes ask me about the biggest change that's happened to me in my life is um, when i've kind of you know started to become more aware because the other thing about awareness is I think once you become more aware you can't become unaware no once you lift over the lid you know and it's not always easy but one of the things that I say to people the biggest way to summing up the biggest change in my life from kind of practicing mindfulness having psychotherapy and all the rest of it is um now I've realized that life is not about seeking out answers or not striving for answers but sitting more comfortably with the questions that is the biggest biggest thing that's been you know that's helped me well that's a great place to end it i think that's the perfect way to end the first podcast we could carry on doing for ages we've we're coming in under 50 minutes just this is good for us i think <laughs> um and there's so much more we could talk about and we've there's so many subjects so many points within that conversation that we could go off on and, and dedicate a whole podcast to, which we probably will do um but that's a good place to start and i just want to finish by saying I'm glad we started this podcast because I bought this mic. I checked this. I've, I've written this down, so I'm going to get it in. I bought it back in December 2014. It's been collecting dust. I have done nothing with it. I had an intention of starting my own podcast. It never came to fruition for various reasons, which we could talk about in the future. Um, but the stars of Alliance, the universe has conjured up its magic, and we've decided to record this first podcast, and um, the first of many, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, so hope you enjoyed it um at least you know you've you've tuned in you've listened to what we have to say and we'll no doubt be back with our next one soon and in the meantime you can go onto our website if um if you want to maybe have a little um scroll through and and we're going to put some of our um we're going to put our podcast on the website so they're they're on there for future reference and also our some blog posts because steve you know you write some the odd blog post on facebook normally isn't it yeah your facebook that's right yeah. i do the same and you know we we thought we could bring those together on that via our website so at least they're on there they're archived on there and it just makes some good reading they might resonate you might want to have a, a look through and also there's a contact button on there where you can drop us a line you know again i want to stress we're not we're just having a conversation two guys having a chat we're not out to sort of tell you what to do or you buy this and do that it's none of that just a conversation but Look, there's a contact button. So if you feel the need to go on there and let us know your thoughts about the podcast or anything else, by all means, go for it. The website is www.mindfulmentalk.com. And that's our first episode done. Thanks for the tea, Steve. Good choice. <laughs> Green tea with uh, lemon or mint. Did I choose mint? I went for the mint. Yeah, I'm having builder's tea, James. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Proper bloke. No, <laughs> hey, that's me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, cheers, guys. See you later.